Morgan England from stardom and service to sound healing. Join us as Morgan England unveils his journey from an actor, firefighter, and paramedic, and how facing trauma led him to the path of sound healing. Inspired by his experiences, he's now on a mission to help others heal through sound meditation. His dreams of merging his journey into enlightening talks, soulful songs, and profound meditations, focusing on unity, kindness, and shared resonance. Stay tuned. You might even glimpse one of his original songs. Don't miss out on this inspiring story of resilience and transformation. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Morgan England now stands as a beacon of hope and inspiration. His unique journey from the glitz of Hollywood and the front lines of first response has equipped him with the wisdom to speak about the human condition in a way that few others can. With a powerful voice and a heartfelt message, Morgan seeks to remind us all that kindness can heal unite and uplift in the face of adversity and hardship. In a world where compassion often feels in short supply, Morgan's story serves as a poignant reminder that one individual's journey can inspire us all to be better, to be kinder, and to forge connections that transcend boundaries of our differences. Please help me welcome Morgan. <sighs> Mary hey. is. Hi, April. Hi, hey, Morgan. It's wonderful to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Let's start by sharing with the audience a little bit more about your background. <sighs> Let's see. Um, well, it started in 1963 when I was born. <laughs> uh, my, my mother was a famous actress. Um, we had, uh, we had, they had three boys that were two years apart and then six years and then me. So I was way kind of in the back of things. And it really gave me a perspective to see what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Um, my mom was working a lot and I was at home alone most of the time growing up. Um, and it gave me, I think, a real sense of uh, survival and how to figure it out, how to, how to survive. And, um, it also gave me a lot of compassion for other people. So whenever I'd see anybody getting beat up because of whatever, because they were overweight or wrong skin color, whatever, I just found myself just jumping into the middle of it and usually getting my butt kicked. But, um, I think, you know, doing the right thing and that's just always been important to me and that's followed me through my life. Mm. Yes, I think that when a lot of people step into the roles and the positions that you have, and even what you're doing now, especially what you're doing now, it certainly uh, aspires from something that's ingrained within us from a very young age. Yeah. Um, well, what I'm doing now, I'm doing a lot of things. I'm my journey sort of uh, after I left the fire department was really one of healing because at the, the time that I left, I was at a very, very low point um, between the culture and the calls and, and all of it and actually losing several friends um, to suicide. Um, it, uh, it just, something inside of me just said, not me, you know, I'm, I'm going to survive and not just survive, but thrive and live. And I feel like God or whatever entity or consciousness gave me this gift of life. You know, it's my duty, my honor to live it to the best of my ability and not to let 
the world and people tear it down and throw. I feel like it's we're born with this light and it just we start accumulating all this mud or <laughs> crap and till the light's not uh you can't even detect it anymore so my mission for myself was to just start tearing this this crap off of me and letting it letting it shine that's a beautiful way to describe it morgan and and i too can familiarize with being around people who have seen very horrible things and not really wanting to go on. And you talked about how you had friends and coworkers who took their own lives. And those fields, the first responding fields, we see a lot of that, unfortunately, in military. And why is that when you're going into something where you are really there to help aid and support and save and heal and all of the things. And so why is it that there is such a downward spiral? And I would like to liken it to something that I was taught early on in police academy, where they said, because you're going through such extreme highs and lows, you get a call, and you're out there and you're running lights and sirens and your adrenaline is up, right? You're rushing, you're responding. And then all of a sudden the call is off. It's either canceled or you've put out the fire, right? And so then we go to this extreme low. And because you're going through these extremes in the way that our body's responding, there becomes this difficulty in learning how to navigate a, a, a really good balance within that. And so when first responders go home, they, they don't know how to act or react around their family members. Things go either too low where they just sit down and watch TV to try to numb out and forget about the experience of what they just saw where you know, they couldn't save somebody's life or what have you. And so what do you feel about that? Do you, have you experienced the same sort of thing? And is that how you feel why people really uh, went to the extreme level of taking their own life? Something's come up, um, you know, I've been getting into public speaking and, and the message and going through, going through all this in my mind. And and what is it that's really motivates me? And I think um, I think it comes down to like the the things the really root is suicide. When I um, when I when you see somebody that's taken their own life, you know, one lady jumped off of a building, and I the first thing I noticed that she had no shoes on, and I thought how hopeless without hope she must have been um and i think that uh that that idea that that hopelessness i've experienced um and that i've seen so many times that's 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 the root of you know to feel so alone so um abandoned um that i just uh i don't want anyone to feel that way so if there's anything i can do to um to fix that or to help with that or to um have create some sort of shift in society that people are aware of that that people gravitate to it that they intentionally think about other people not just you know we're so consumed with ourselves all the time but um i think now more than ever it's time when we really need to come together so uh so um this this idea of complete hopelessness to the point where you know there's no other option than just to take your own life um but what you you were talking about earlier um sort of the culture and the 
uh, well, they never gave us any of that speech um, in the academy or anything else. Uh, and I think that one of the biggest problems is this macho culture, you know, like I'm so tough. I leave my feelings at home before I come to work. And yeah. honestly, um, I think that's a huge weakness and I think it's cowardly. And I think it takes a lot more courage and strength to be able to have emotion, to be able to share emotion, to be raw, especially with your crew, you know, with the people that you're with all day long. Um, and then do it, you know, if you need to cry, you need to shout, you need to whatever, do it and move on. You know, it's not like that doesn't make you a, a baby or a sissy or something. I think it makes you a lot stronger to be able to, to have that type of emotion um, and get it out of you because then you can be stronger. Because if you're carrying that all around with you, you're carrying cancer, you're carrying disease that that's, it's a, it's a, it's a non-physical thing that becomes physical in the form of disease and the form of depression. And, and so I think it's so important that, uh, that we have a way to, to let it go and to get mm. it out of us so that, because every time you go on a call, you may think you, you're, you know, you're too tough for it to affect you, but it does. It has physical attachment yeah. that you carry with you. And pretty soon that the weight of all those little things becomes too much, you know, and you, and you feel hopeless. So I think that's a big driver um, yeah. is the fact that this culture of, you know, I don't have any feelings. That's it. sorry. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Well, I think that it, what it, what it, it shows us is the acceptance uh, of that and understanding of that, the awareness and to start moving into something different where we learn how to navigate and release that energy and those feelings and emotions that will come up because you're correct. I mean, when you're dealing with the most horrific things all the time and, and the, the lower energies that are out there, you have to find some way in order to release that. And without knowing a lot of people in that, uh, in the first responding fields, they, they become adrenaline junkies or they start using substances. And so they're, they're doing whatever they can in order to release it, but it's not necessarily healthy. And so learning new ways. And I know that Morgan, you went into and started learning about music therapy. And I love to say that music is the bridge to the soul. <laughs> and when we when we start to incorporate sound and and music and what it does for us and if we think about energies when when we're around other people's energies or experiences that are at those lower frequencies when we start to incorporate sound intentionally we're just bringing ourselves back into that balance and and dancing moving physically is something also to uh, we consider animals let's let's just give this a little example so it paints a good picture in people's minds but when you see a rabbit that has just ran uh, for its life, right? And then it is free from the danger now. And you see it do that little shake and it's shaking off mm. that energy. And then it's just a rabbit and it starts eating grass again. But as humans, we don't shake it off like a rabbit does. And, and we hold onto it. And what you're describing, Morgan, is when we hold onto those things, our body turns it into, because it's this constant stress, turns into disease and depression and malfunction. Mm. And so learning how to, to do something in a more healthy aspect is really what you started doing. So let's talk about that. What were some of the things that you did when you left and you started doing this intense healing for yourself? Um, well, first of all, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know how aware I was of, of anything really, um, of what I was going through, uh, for a long time, but my, I've, I've, uh, played and played my guitar and written songs for years now. Actually in the late nineties, I was in Nashville. I'd recorded, a, a, an album 
there. I got flown out there. They did this whole thing and I was about to go on the road to promote it. And my wife called me and I realized the marriage was over and I needed to do something where I could count on it, that it was something where I could raise my kids and have a home, a home for them filled with love and, you know, something solid that I could count on. And so that's where the, uh, how I got into being a first responder. Um, and so, uh, so I wanted, I told myself at that point that I would get back to the music someday. And then I raised my kids. I was 50 something. And I thought, well, this is the time. And also I was in a bad place. I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the fire department. I'm going to do music and see where that takes me. So that was sort of the beginning of my healing journey. But a few years in, <clears throat> I was driving with my sister and I was in the passenger seat and she's driving and I'm freaking out. Not that she was driving bad or anything. I'm just, you know, I'm seeing everything that can happen. And she looks over and she goes, you are messed up. And I went, okay. And so anyway, I came home and a few days later, she called me and said, Hey, I want you to go to this address tomorrow at two o'clock. Don't drink the night before show up there. Comfortable clothes I said, okay. So I went to this guy's home and he answers the door and it turns out he's ex-Israeli special forces. I mean, about as badass as you get. Um, but he's now a sound healer. What that was, I have no idea. But um, he, after his service for the Israeli military, he got into drugs. He was in New York at the light nightclubs. And anyway, this sound thing healed his life. Um, and who I believe is working with Johns Hopkins and many other places for um, veterans and um, PTSD. And so he's developed this system where it's a sound meditation. It's about five or six hours long. They add um, some supplements called um, like magic mushrooms and MDMA. Um, the magic mushrooms, the studies that they've done, um, what it does with your brain and rewires and re, re, re-circuitries your, your brain is incredible. And then the MDMA, it opens your heart. But one really important thing is that it, it um, in our amygdala, our fear center, it shuts it down. So let's say if, if uh, something came up, um, a memory or something really bad that I'd experienced, some sort of trauma, my amygdala would say, no, we're not going there. We're not going to deal with that. So by shutting it down, it allows that, that, uh, wow. whatever that was to come out. And then the sound. So, so, uh, he gave me these pills and stuff and I, we talked for a while. I lied down and then he started playing these different music, the, the, uh, Tibetan singing bowls, the gong, um, this thing called the shruti box, the, the sansula, but each one, in particular was its own thing. And it was like, it was like peeling layers of an onion off each instrument was like, and, and a whole new thing. And then there'd be, you know, sort of a, a time in between. And then you'd start on another instrument. It'd be a completely different thing. Um, long, long story short, uh, the next day, all of this weight that I was carrying around was just gone. I was terrified to get on a plane, to be at 35,000 feet in a little tube, aluminum tube, you know, with no way out and nothing, no way to control my environment. The next day I flew to Kauai um, with my daughter and I, I had decided to do that anyway, you know, cause it was, I was already going to go. So I was just going to white knuckle it and just do it. But I had no problem. And um, all of this, all this weight that I was carrying, was just gone and even colors like i i realized that my world is just kind of gray you know and, and the next day i could see these vibrant colors and not not hallucinating or anything just aware my awareness was just mm. so so heightened so this in one night was life-saving life-changing it was the most powerful experience and i i don't know any other way i don't think 30 years of therapy would have done what that one night of the sound meditation did. So um, trying to get uh, first responders and tough people to, to buy into that um, is probably a pretty difficult sell, but uh, I do know that, that it's, it's saving lives. And so as a paramedic, 
you know, you, you go on a call, you put a bandaid on or you get them, keep them alive till you get them to the hospital. Boom. You're on to the next call. You're on to whatever next thing and the next and the next. And there's a sense that you're never really fixing anything. You're never really mm -hmm. healing people. You're just yeah. stopping the blood for a little bit. And uh, well, I, I got it. You got to stop me on that because it's, I, I felt, I feel that, you know, you, you go into the position wanting to give back, wanting to save the world, wanting to make this massive impact. And you described it so beautifully. You're just stopping the blood for a little bit. And while as I'm not saying that it is not needed, it is. And it's, it's a beautiful service. And when you really want to make the greatest impact and the greatest change, it might just work differently. And I will add to that is that we are all in different seasons. And as we grow through and go through this life, you know, having those experiences, Morgan, and, and tell me if you agree, but it just propelled you and gave you the expertise and experience to show up the way that you show up in the world today, to have that story and the relation and the know-how. If we didn't go through those experiences and have this deeper understanding, we wouldn't be much support to others who are going through it and experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was he going to say about the, uh, well, oh, so, so for me, this, this sound healing, and it doesn't have to be with the, I mean, just sound itself, the vibration and the, well, I want to get back to something we were talking about earlier, but, um, but that this to me is a way to really lift people, you know, to actually affect their soul and, and give it a chance. And, um, on a, on a deep, deep level and on a, on a massive global level. Um, so I think this work, this sound work, they call it sound meditation, but uh, it's been very healing to me and I know it has for other people. I don't want to take uh, ownership of saying it's a, a healing, but it is, I don't know how else to describe it. Well, you've um, had this, you had a profound impact, uh, like a, a change, a, uh, transformation. This yeah. was a very transformative experience for you. And it changed the course of your life dramatically. And that is why you show up in the world the way that you do now. And you got involved in the music. And there's more and more research that is, is coming out. And, and we, um, you know, the studies that are allowed, the you know, it's taking a very, very long time for the studies with these drugs and how they are beneficial for our psychological well-being and healing. And so uh, Dr. Anna Yusum is a really big proponent for that. I've had her on the show and oh. it's very exciting to see the things that are happening and the shift that is happening. It's shedding a different light in getting out of that, that fear factor and the unknown uh, where that's what was shed upon it for a long time. And so as we step out of this, your testimony, Morgan, is really giving it the credit that it deserves. Well, it's um, it's fascinating. What we're learning about mushrooms in particular, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Fantastic Fungi or any of this, these other things, but it really is, it's, it's the form of life that was here first. And it connects up. You know how they say trees are connected? Yes. You know, they, well, they're not. It's the mycelium that goes through all the soil that connects everything. It's it's like it has its own consciousness. It's fascinating. And um, why we're not studying. Well, I know why we're not studying anymore because it's natural substance and the drug companies can't make money off it. But. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's e that's um, easy to get started on. And, yeah. and you're right. But I think, again, going back to that awareness and how you know us sharing that information on the Wellness Driven Life Show for people to, you, you know, this is where you get to take 
the idea and do some more research on your own. But I think that it's pretty common knowledge nowadays the, with the drug companies and the food industry and what have you. And now it comes down to the choice and overriding the the systematic approach and how and what we use and what we uh, buy with our dollar, et cetera. It comes down to the choice and and that that willpower to change what we've been so consistently doing. And it's nobody's fault because that's the environment that has been given to us. It's the information that's been given to us. So I think it's incredible. And so with all that said, Morgan, we're going to move into our first commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to dive a little deeper. Stay tuned. Sweet. Thank you. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> Welcome back. As we continue our conversation with Morgan England, let's talk a little bit more about this experience that you had and and how you really are incorporating that with your your daily life now. Hmm. Well, I think uh, okay, so I'd heard about this um this idea of keynote concerts. You know, as a musician, you get paid free lunch, maybe a couple hundred bucks. But as a keynote speaker, it's thousands of dollars, potentially. Um, and it's also a way to to give a message and also incorporate your music. So like giving a, a short 12-minute uh, story about, let's say, the division in our country and how kindness can reconnect us. And then singing one of my songs um, and doing that throughout the hour. And, and that's so um, when I left the fire department, I'd, I'd heard about this and I thought, that's what I want to do. That's that's the thing I want to do. Well, about a year ago or a little less than a year ago, I, this ad came on to write a TEDx talk and they helped me and stuff. And I thought, OK, it's time now. And uh, so once I started delving into the idea of public speaking, um, I had to really go through and sift through my whole life and all the stories and stuff and realize that it's not about me. It's not about my story. It's about the message that I've learned, something that I've learned that I can give to humanity. And so this, this sort of, it started out as uh, my healing journey started out as music me doing my music. Then I had this experience with the, uh, the sound meditation healing. Then I went and got trained to do it myself. And then I got in this speaking and, so my website is Morgan England Music. And I thought they said, well, once they see you speaking, they're going to want to look you up. And so what are they going to see? And I thought, well, how can I use my website, Morgan England Music, and to describe what I'm doing? And I thought, well, music or songs are sound and story. So I have my music, I have the sound healing and meditation, and I have the story, the um, the speaking aspect. And I feel like that is the 
the the thing that's sort of pulling it all it feels like all these pieces are in a whirlpool and they're the edges but now that i've added the speaking it's all coming together and it's all just just sort of going to sync up and mm -hmm. i feel like that's what's happening so these messages and and ideas that i have to share with people and they're the same ones through my music um and then the sound healing you know I talk about that and the resonance and and uh and the frequencies that we all care this is what i wanted to get back to about the trauma and everything having a certain frequency and so this this um this sound uh meditation these these overtonal instruments meet all those frequencies and can be very healing um so I guess that's what I'm doing right now. It's it's all of it together. That's who I am. That's what I want to share with people. Uh, that's the way I want to share my message and the way I want to make this world a little better place. Well, Morgan, let's talk a little bit about the frequencies and the energies and those vibrations. It's, it's turning into more common knowledge as well that we're energetic beings. And it's beautiful, all of the science that we have now to back that, the continued science that we keep bringing about. Dr. Joe Dispenza's work is one of my favorites. He does so much science experiments with this on a mass scale, which brings even more credibility to it. So when we talk about being energetic beings and having these frequencies and these vibrations that we emanate with our thoughts, and our feelings and our emotions, it's it's doing things that where we can continue to rise those vibrations. And because we're doing that, it transfers. And that's the coolest thing. And that's going into the world of that which we cannot see, which is 99.999%, right? Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's difficult to kind of latch onto the thought because, well, we're in this reality that we assume. And so what do you mean? Uh, I can't see 99.99%. But if we think of like television waves and frequencies and radio waves, that information we can't see, but it gets to us, right? Yeah. And so that's a similar concept of, but Morgan, something that I'd love to ask you, because you touched on this just a little bit, and I think it's really important but you talked about how things just started to align when you wanted to start incorporating your music, but then stepping onto the stage and start talking about your experiences and sharing your story along with the sound. And you said that everything just started to come together and to mesh. So why do you feel that that is an important message to maybe say to people? What specifically? That when you start coming into alignment and you start noticing that things are coming together, the synchronicities start happening. Mm. What do you have to say about that? And why is it important? Well, you, what you said earlier, we're light beings, literally scientifically at our smallest point, we're made up these light things bouncing around that we, you know, we can't even see the frequencies each each part of our body each each everything has a frequency it has some vibration and um we are the sum of all that all the different vibrations and it it emanates out from us you know several feet so when we come into contact with somebody our energies are i mean you know when somebody gets in the elevator and they're pissed off and they're they're just you can feel it you can it's palpable um this is ancient knowledge this the persians the the hindu uh, the the sounds and the instruments that they have they've been doing this for thousands of years it's only now that we're finally proving that this stuff is true through science as as europeans westerners we're way behind it and we have put up a wall um um i think it has to do with religion and stuff but we've gotten away from nature we've gotten away from truth and I think that um, that uh, this this is ancient knowledge that we're just bringing back. We're just too hard headed to to let it um, to maybe see letting the go of, of some of that go, ego. But, but yeah, <laughs> but um, 
but so the frequency uh that's what everything is that's what our whole world is and once we can sort of like you said let go and let or being in nature the sound of water uh you know all these things are so vital for us and we've gotten so far away from it we live in these concrete jungles we're 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 on our phones and computers and we're so separated from each other from nature and from truth and look at look at every single commercial on tv is about a drug how and they're even making up diseases now to fix things that you know they weren't even there wasn't even that didn't even exist a year ago you know yeah. this all these acronyms for these diseases and I think i'm literally four out of five commercials are about these um these drugs that you can take so yeah um we're so Morgan what do you feel is the best drug the best drug yeah whether it be something uh you know what what what's the best life drug e either figuratively or actual physical what do you think is life's best drug i think ultimately if i don't think it's it is a drug i think it's a, a way of being and i think it's it's for all of us to hopefully achieve in our lives a sense of peace with with our surroundings with other people and i think that's the journey that's the closer you can get to that in life without taking other supplements i mean it's all here we just take that because mm -hmm. life's just too damn hard you know it's just too brutal um and we've gotten to think that we can take a drug for something but that's you know, you can't, there's no drug that fixes everything. It's, it's, um, it's a lifelong journey of exploration, open-mindedness and curiosity. I think that's the best drug. Mm, the, I love that you said that open-mindedness, curiosity, you know, really this exploring life, those are yeah. key proponents of really living a more joyful life. That's for certain. When we let go of the thought of control or the expectations of something, and we meet life with a curiosity. And, you know, I wonder what will happen if, I wonder what will happen when, and regardless of the outcome, but just having that sense of excitement and wonder, that childlike wonder that it could be very important to get back to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think for me, that's what it is. I've, I've had my, I've had uh, dealt with addiction. I've dealt, I've, uh, um, you know, and so many friends, my little daughter was saying, daddy, every one of your friends died from an overdose. My brother, my closest friends. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's not, it's not the answer, but it's, it's all we can do sometimes to just survive, even at this low frequency of just this little blip that you're giving off. And uh, that's where I was, giving off this little blip. And now I, through my own work, through just sheer determination in, and letting go and opening and, and being courageous in, in letting whatever's coming, coming, um, has, has really helped me to elevate my own uh, frequency or my own... Uh, state of being so right now i've been dealing with an incredible amount of back pain uh, i have this gnarly disc and and all this but i i feel like yes there's there's a phys you can see it on the x-ray or the mri and all that stuff but i'm like this pain i just know in my heart i know that this pain is is equal to whatever emotional pain that i'm carrying which i don't even know what it is and i don't believe that it's that it's this this thing in my back. I believe that it's it stems from an emotional place. And mm -hmm. like you talked about a drug, I've tried 
you know, I got an epidural. I've tried all these different things and I'm, I'm getting more and more clear that this is something that I can and will heal myself mm. and surgery and all that. It's, I just, I, I, I just somewhere in my body, I just know that this is something I have to meet toe to toe and, and let it go. Um, Morgan, how, what are some of the things that you do each day to do the work for that, for that self-healing? Well, it's been rough. I've been in a lot of pain lately. So, um, uh, but I think just uh, e even to the point where I can't even sit there and play my guitar. So even when I'm uh, lying in bed, um, just doing what I can do in the moment. Um, if it's writing, if it's just thinking, if it's um, exploring um, more knowledge about, you know, the things that I'm, that I'm doing right now about uh, lifting other people up, looking at podcasts like yours um, and just believing, believing that there's more to life and that I will one day, you know, I just want to just reach as high as I can, you know, to fill myself up. So um, there's days when I don't feel that, but there's other days when I say, okay, come on, let's, let's get it together. Let's, let's make it work. So I'm finding out more information and every day about myself, I'm listening to my body. I'm listening to myself mm -hmm. and I'm trying to feed it with things that will heal it and experimenting and being curious and being open-minded. Morgan, those are really great things to consider. And you talked about listening to your body, learning more all the time and having faith, compassion for yourself. You know, we as humans experience all sorts of hardships and whether it be the physical, the emotional, and yes, it's all tied to emotions. So when we are going through these, these difficulties physically and this pain, it's sitting with ourselves and trying to figure out where is this coming from and what emotion is this tied to much easier said than done right. And putting in the work each day to kind of sit with yourself and listen to your body is key to getting to that answer and to, you know, through that discovery, the healing process starts to take place and it does take place each time that you do that. And every mm -hmm. time that you go there and you ask yourself that question and you do sit with yourself. So you have brought this beautiful music into the universe, Morgan, if, and when people go to your website, they see and they hear the sounds that you've created. It really does bring you to this place of feeling the words that you have behind it, you talked about it a little bit, how you get to incorporate your music with the story. And that is what great songs are, right? It's giving us this storyline along with these beautiful sounds, and it brings us to an emotional state and where we get to relate with each other. And so because you're doing that, how does your music uh, when you create, how do you feel that that heals you and what's your experience with it? Um, well, usually a song is about something, something that's happened, a breakup, you know, whatever, or a just feeling low. Uh, and, uh, and I think that by, by really, um, by really um, expressing that experience, we're human beings. So anything that I'm going through, I know that you're going through, or, you know, there's a billion other people going yeah. through the same thing because we're human beings, you know? So what, what I'm experiencing, if I can be as truthful with that, then the process of writing it um, becomes cathartic. But then when I share it with other people, what I've gotten back, I've created this sort of group of people that really get me and get my music and what, and I don't have an intention for them, for anybody, but what I get back overwhelmingly is just that, um, that it's healing to them, that they're able to experience their own form of whatever I'm talking about and feel it and 
uh, laugh or cry or or get angry or whatever it is that that it stimulates. But it's a sharing. It's a sharing of a commonality of of humanness mm. because we we all get it. You know, we all get each other because we're the same. You know, I mean, we're built the same. We're we we have the same emotions and. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of us shut them all off, but but I think that that's where the music is. It's when I when I'm the more more most uh, genuine and real. Uh, it's the most effective for other people because they're they've experienced something similar. They have their own story that gets attached to it. You know. Yeah, you're really bringing in the concept of community and how that really has a place. Uh, on this journey that we're in, that community is so powerful. And so when we talk about just moving throughout life in whatever way that we show up, whatever identity we create for ourselves, whatever career fields we go into, finding a sense of community is really vital. And, you know, when we talk about first responding communities, it's, it's, really that brotherhood is what comes into mind. And that's why the the packs and the brotherhoods come to the forefront because they are able to share stories and relate to one another and be able to understand the, the difficulties that they've gone through where they can't just share that with somebody who doesn't know what it's like and doesn't experience it. So it's kind of like finding your own tribe Right. And I think that and Morgan, tell me your idea on this. But as we continue to shift and change in life, because we do, you know, when we start to hold on to one identity, that's where problems come up. Right. Because when life shifts and things happen and it's so shaken up and that identity starts to fall off, we can turn it into this horrible, de devastating experience or we are able to have the understanding of that and move into something new. But when we start moving into a different vibration and frequency and, and meeting new people, it's finding that tribe within it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I think from the very first day as a first responder, from being an intern as a paramedic, um, this idea of brotherhood, uh, that you're joining this brotherhood, this family, this this place that will lift you up and carry you and that you're part of. I think that is the biggest lie that uh, I experienced. And I think it's really has a lot to do with the suicides that I've of first responders that I've uh, that I'm aware of, because I feel and I know uh, in talking to them before uh, that happened that you know, they've given everything, sacrificed everything to get this job, to win the lottery. And what they find out is that uh, it's it's the opposite of what this brotherhood doesn't exist. It's a it's a place that just tears you down over and over and over again. So um, I know that there are um, a lot of people that are that have experienced this that won't talk about it, um, but I think that is the number one thing, and the number one disservice that we're doing to all these people. When you just become a number and a body to fill a seat, um, where do you go from there? If you have nothing else, if you've sacrificed everything for this job, and then you realize mm -hmm. it was a lie that you haven't joined this brotherhood, this family that you're facing 30 years of being torn down every single day. What's your option? And I remember people when I was leaving saying, God, you're so lucky you have something else. Really? A 54 year old songwriter. You think that's something else that I'm going to be successful with? I mean, what are the odds of that? So it wasn't that it was just the courage to, or the stupidity, whatever you want to call it, to just say enough, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. Um, uh, you said something else earlier. Uh, oh, about, um, so a couple of years after I left, a buddy of mine, guy, we 
we, we worked a lot of overtime together. We we're actually in a band together. He's another paramedic. He had an amazing career, mentors and phenomenal career. This guy is holding on by his fingernails. And, but when I talked to him, when I talked about, oh, I went on the shooting, he's like, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. The difference between talking to him and talking to somebody that hasn't been in those shoes or hasn't had the same experiences is, is night and day. So to be able to share those experiences, this is why this community, this brotherhood is so important because you can't, okay, they have, um, they have therapists that are going to come and talk to you and stuff like that. You think we're going to go see a therapist? We're going to go talk to them and tell them our feelings? No, nobody's going to. Well, they don't, they don't understand the nature of the position. No, most more, more times than often. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You you have a real talk with somebody that walks in those shoes. It's a whole different experience. And yeah. and so I think it's vital somehow. I don't know how exactly, but that you have your peers, you know, you you download this stuff and you get their feedback and you somehow have these conversations that don't exist. They do not exist. I've been told by a captain to shut the f- up when I was talking about a medical call. You know, we're all on our headsets and the other firemen and I were talking about this gnarly call we just had and how it went really well. And the captain said, hey, no puke talk on on the fire truck. You know, we, we don't talk about medical crap on the fire truck. And you think, OK, <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. Ninety nine percent of our calls are medical. Yeah. So yeah. Um, why wouldn't we be talking about that, getting better training like we do on fire and USAR and every other thing? So anyway, I'm not I'm not here to point fingers or anything like that. I'm just saying my experience is 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 that. And I've seen other people being torn down beyond words, these amazing, amazing people that have sacrificed everything. And mm-hmm. I think the apartments. They're dropping the ball hugely dropping the ball. Um, I think uh, maybe what, what you're kind what you're trying to relate is that when we talk about the brotherhood of, you know, military first responding, those sort of fields, it's not to, to, to utilize those connections with trying to connect and speak with one another and be able to have that relational piece. But take it with a a grain of salt that you shouldn't rely solely on or identify yourself as solely this this brotherhood system, that that's not all there is, that there's more than that. Yeah, uh, it's difficult because when you're in it, you're in a very confined world. And I'm sure as a police officer, it's one way, you know, you, you're in your, your unit and you're driving around, but as, as firefighters, we're all together, you know, we're all doing things all together, all the time. Um, and, um, and so, uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but, um, but it's, uh, it's a, you're in a world that becomes, it gets so small. Sometimes, uh, you go home and all you have time to do is pay the bills feed the kids and take a quick nap, you know, just by the time where you're just getting human, you're back to work and, uh, and your world just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And I remember my mother, I would tell her when I first started, Oh yeah, I went on this call today and this shooting and da, 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 da. And and then months later she said, why don't you, you know, you never tell me anything anymore and and about, and, and I realized Mm -hmm. that I just, I just stopped talking. I just, I, at the fire department everywhere, I just close that completely closed up because, you know, a lot of things, uh, if you say something, the wrong thing, you you get hammered for it. And so it's better just to keep your mouth shut. Mm. And um, I, I can certainly relate with that. I, I feel that I too had an experience very similar where you have this idea, this perception that you you sacrifice everything to get to where you want to experience the the brotherhood, the, the you know the connections that you have within that family. You're there for each other. You have each other's backs. And when 
that is not the case and you have a number of experiences where it's the complete contrast, then it, it makes you shut down. I mean, you don't know how else to respond because you could try it a couple different ways and, and voice your opinion and say, I don't believe that this is right. <laughs> and then Good it'll with that. blow up in your face <laughs> and you'll get blackballed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it is a, it is a hard position to be in because of that, because for the people who do go in that want the justice and the righteousness, and then they see that it's not that way from those who have been bittered by it all for so many years, then it, it, it shuts out that light. And you talked about that, Morgan, in the very beginning where we are all this beautiful light, but it gets mudded. And, you know, taking off the mud pieces is not easy, especially when it gets hardened, right? Mm, like, oh my yeah. gosh, I need some water on this to loosen it up for goodness sakes, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, it's, uh, anyway, I, uh, I'd love to share whatever I can with whoever's willing to, um, or has the courage to step outside of their, their, uh, whatever they call themselves or whatever they, you know, if I'm if my firefighter thing, just, you know, yeah. because, um, really we're all humans. We're not firefighters. We're not cops. We're human beings, you know, and we tend to, as first responders and rescuers, um, put ourselves aside, you know, we don't, we don't need help. We don't need, we take care of ourselves. It's us and there's them. And when you leave, when you're outside of that, you really realize that you're a human being. And I think that's when it all comes crashing down. Because when you're in it, you know, you, you, you suck it up and you, you go through and you do, you know, kick ass, whatever. But um, when you leave, it all, it's all still there. So what do you do with it? And I think the people that I can affect that I have the most um, the possibility of affecting are people that are, have left the job that are there and now realizing how, um, how diseased and broken they are and that yeah. there's light, man, there's, there's joy and there's happiness and there's a whole life waiting for you. You know, if you just have the courage or to just let go, let go of all mm. the that you've learned and that you think you know and uh again open your mind open your heart and be curious and mm -hmm. and be courageous in in trying things wow well morgan you certainly are inspiring thank you so much <laughs> for being so vulnerable in your experiences here on the wellness driven life show and if others aren't moved, you know, especially those who have a very great understanding of where you've come from, if they're not moved, I don't know what else will move them. <laughs> so <laughs> that said, Morgan, it's been amazing having you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? In the immortal words of... <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire. Be excellent to each other. Oh, I love that. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, great. I mean, what can we do? What can we do that's better than that? What can be a higher mm -hmm. way to, to integrate, to, to meet each other, but to be excellent to each other? This is crazy. It was Keanu Reeves' first uh, movie, but it's a, it's a great message just from an open heart and um and it's one that i carry with me and i'd like to share that is oh i i think i'm gonna have to go back and watch that movie it's been way <laughs> too long but certainly a childhood favorite and a, an incredible message you are correct yeah. sir well i want to make sure everyone knows where to find you it's been displayed a few times on here and for those of you listening in morgan uh he's mentioned it also but his 
website is www.morganenglandmusic.com. It is also going to be in the description below. Check out his work. His music's really beautiful and inspiring and insightful. And I know that you're going to get a lot out of it when you just tune in. So again, Morgan, it's been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for being here with us today, for sharing your vulnerable experiences with us. Well, April, thank you so much for having me on. I had no idea where this was going to go. Um, I hope it uh, makes a difference for somebody. So thank you so much. You're awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you so much to our viewers. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So goodbye for now, and we will see you next time.